When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to another episode of Within the Lines, the podcast where two best friends use their patent-pending movie ranking scale to determine the true quality of a film. Today is Wednesday, October 4th, 2023, and today we're reviewing the latest sci-fi classic to hit the theaters, a movie that came out on my fiance's birthday, and a movie that will be remembered forever for the things it will do for the cinematic industry, the creator. Or maybe it's just really okay. Look... The creator. You might not know much about it. I didn't know much about it heading into it. I'd seen the trailer a few times. Don't get me wrong. But you might not have known much about it. And you might head into it thinking it's a generic sci-fi movie, this, that, or the other. I will tell you, this humble listener, that you are in for a great podcast and a potentially great movie. If you do go out and watch this, come back to the podcast and listen. But you're in for a great podcast because one of us has one opinion on this film and the other one has a... Maybe much different opinion. Don't really know. Can't really read the room. <laughs> I guess we gotta we gotta find out, right? I'm excited, Ty. I was thinking about this movie today. I was thinking about it yesterday after getting out of the theater. It's been thinking about it a lot, so I'm excited to put all my thoughts out on the universe forever. Uh, yeah, I'm with you. I think it'll be fun to break down and discuss. Let's get in the show. Percent of the time, it works every time. Don Samos. What? We just become best friends. Yep. I'm not fucking leaving. In a world where the United States and AI are at war, a former special forces officer is tasked with finding and destroying the AI's new weapon that could potentially win the war. However, when he finds out the weapon is a child, he must decide on what he values most to bring the war to an end. You, I thought the synopsis was over, and then you just hit me with a random however. However. Nice. Yeah, I just, you know, they are at war, but I thought there was more detail needed for this movie. Pretty weird timing with this film. Kind of like how Everything Everywhere All at Once came out when all the multiverse <laughs> movies came out. This movie came out during a in a year where AI has become a big thing and has become a very very big part of our lives. Uh, some people are scared of it. It's even causing a writer strike. Yeah, Not I was going to say the reason, writer but... strike just ended like last week, and it had a bunch to do with the AI. Yeah, so timing is impeccable. Probably not on purpose. I mean, this movie actually hold, uh, hold on a minute began filming January 2022, finished filming of May of 2022. So they've been sitting on this for a while. This move, oh god, excuse me. This movie, now, spoilers as always, for the movie. 
Of course. Kind of like a role reverse AI good is like a theme going out throughout this movie. Like the AIs are kind of the good people and they're kind of getting the, the short end of the stick. Mm-hmm. Do you think that like critics and writers had AI write this movie and then they saw it and they're like, fuck, we got to stop them. <laughs> they're making themselves look good. And like, we're the pieces of shit. <laughs> this is what caused the, this is what caused the strike that, you know what? You might have a point, Ty. You might have a point. I will say, I thought you were going a different direction with this. I, it's safe to say that you know in the intro, and you know if you follow me on Twitter, that I really liked this movie, and I don't know how Tyler feels about it. I don't think he really liked it as much as I did. Not as much as you did. I can confirm that. And I'm kind of in the minority, because this movie's not getting bad reviews. It's not like a, a, a rotten movie on Rotten Tomatoes, but it's not getting... Great reviews. It's just getting middle of the road reviews. It's got a 68% critic score, a 77% audience score. Like, I went into this movie expecting a copy and paste sci fi movie, and the reviews, I didn't look at the reviews before going into it. The reviews would indicate that it was kind of a copy and paste sci fi movie. Like, yeah, it's a fun sci fi movie, but it's not amazing, 68, 77, whatever the case may be. Yeah. I'm obviously in the minority here. Part of me thinks, I always try to think about like w- how these movies get scores. And I'm not trying to discredit anyone who, like, you know, has a complex argument about it and gave it a rotten because of that, blah, blah, blah. I do wonder, is there at least a small selection of the audience and or the critics that might subconsciously give this a rotten score because it's kind of anti-America? Just wondering. Thinking out loud here. Well, you know me, the patriot that I am. (laughs) Um, (laughs) No, I Maybe. I just feel like whenever you're like anti-America, whenever you kill a dog, which almost happened in this movie, uh, whenever you make humans look bad, when humans aren't the hero, mm. I don't know. Sometimes it's kind of like, yeah, is it anti-America or is it like, I'm a person, fuck this movie. And I think the subject material, it's kind of bleak. Like it's about this dystopian future 30 years down the line about a, a world where AI is sen- sentient and is human you know, lack of a better word. Purposes, yeah. And there's a war and there's pollution and there's all this stuff and it looks grim and horrible. And this is a movie like when I was like 13, if I watched this, I'd be like, damn, this is the kind of the path we're on. Like when 2012 came out and everyone thought the world was ending in 2012, yeah. I was kind of like, damn, that sucks. Like this might happen. So maybe, I don't know, maybe there's like a grimness to it that hurt it. I also think there's not a traditional happy ending to this movie, which I don't think critics that would impact critics but I could see it impacting audience a little bit because you don't get that Hollywood ending. You do a little bit, but you don't get the traditional Brother. Hollywood ending. I don't know, man. I I think all of what you're saying, I don't know. Like, there isn't a Hollywood ending. This is very much a Hollywood ending. It's the stupid. Main the main so dies. Stu- yeah, he dies, and the fucking daughter's like, oh, I have this chip that I could very easily take back with me to Earth to bring back the creator to fucking help us win this war. But instead, I'm going to put her in this fucking body so that she can be with her love one last time. That's like textbook Hollywood ending. Brother, she was, A, she was just, she was feeling her human side. All right, first and foremost. Textbook Hollywood ending. it wouldn't have brought her back forever. It would have only brought her back X amount of seconds because, you know, they did the brain scan right after she died technically. We learned earlier in the film that when they did the brain scan hours after she died, they only got 30 seconds worth. Hours after he died, excuse me. So they were only going to get, what, five minutes out of her anyways. So... She was trying to bring him back. Could have been used for so much more to help win the war. I don't think so. She would have been gone in five minutes anyways. 
seemed like she was pretty well preserved over the years. I don't think that was like a sitting in a car, like a hot car cooking dead like the other guy. No, I correct, but I don't think that little memory transplant into a robot makes them alive forever. I think there's still limited time. Maybe. As indicated by the fact that when they was dead for a few hours, it was only got 30 seconds. Plus, she was in a coma for however long. Whatever that was. Comatosis? I, I don't know. Idea. Look, I don't think it was a Hollywood ending, and I already don't like the attitude you're bringing to this podcast. I just, there's certain things about this. So, like, I'll defend all of them. Throw them at me. I'm going to back, I'm going to, we're going to backpedal here. Going into this movie, last week, I hyped this movie up. You seem not that excited, and I was like, fucking John David Washington, guy who did Rogue One, it's got, um, what's and his Godzilla. name? And Godzilla. Okay. Mm-hmm. Who's it have on the, the fucking music? Uh, Hans Zimmer? I yeah. believe it was Hans Zimmer. Mm-hmm. I was like, we're getting a big epic, like, big music and everything. And I think the concept and the world they created is fucking awesome. Yeah, I think the idea behind this, the bleakness behind it, like, I love that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I I just feel like I went into it hoping we were getting the next big sci-fi, and I feel like we were the exact opposite. You were expecting a copy and paste, and you got masterpiece. Was I was expecting masterpiece. masterpiece, and we got lost potential. That's I, my biggest thing. I just don't. S- it's because like I think the AI world they created and. And the United States being at war with robots and them, like, hiding out in this fucking, you know, master-killing weapon just floating in the sky. Yeah. So fucking cool. Yeah. And then the movie keeps going and you get John David Washington just being terrible on screen, spoiler alert, and just unrelatable terrible unrelatable and the love interest just you not feeling that connection or chemistry whatsoever i wouldn't say the chemistry was with the love interest i would say it was with the child well sure but like his whole thing is like i'm using the child to get to this woman that we just don't care about and then it's like it's like someone wrote a really cool idea and like had this really cool concept but didn't know how to write a script because every like Mm. 30 minutes you get expositioned up expositioned up expositioned up and just like corny fucking hack everything lines like we're gonna do some hacking here guys like i just i felt interesting i felt like this movie legitimately could have been the next big thing and it just falters at so many different points that it really 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 fucking bummed me out because i think overall the concept the world all of that incredible and then when you put it under like a microscope and you start looking at the individual pieces, none of it lives up to what it could be. I'm very intrigued that you said uh, the main character was bad on screen. Interesting. John David Washington. I guess we can get there. He was His character was pretty selfish. A sure. lot of people died in this. I, I'm just saying that just, just as an aside. A lot of people died in this just because of him. It's like everyone he kind of put cross path with, crossed paths with died. It's kind of fucked up. Oh, yeah. I mean, lots of robots everywhere he went, they died. Mm-hmm. His first camp, his wife dies. Unborn child dies. Just everywhere he went, someone died. He joins this new special forces team, goes back, they all die. Yeah. I think uh, your That's comments about the world they built and this, that, or the other, I think that they could still do it. Like, they, this world can still exist. This movie didn't have a definitive ending. The war is not technically over, over. 
this was supposed to be something that just tilts the tide. So if they wanted to run it back and they wanted to expand on this world, they could. But that's the thing is I think the way that they ended it, like the whole movie is based around John David Washington and it's meant to be a one-off story. Like this is the guy who did Rogue One where the movie ends and all the main characters fucking die. Mm-hmm. And it's it's kind of the same thing. Like all the main characters in this movie are done. Yeah. And I death. don't think this was ever meant to be like a franchise. I think this was meant to be like this incredible one-off sci-fi. And so like I honestly what I'm getting from this is like the and it's not even because the effects haven't caught up, but this feels like a movie like the older Dune where people were like, oh, this has the potential to be so good, but they fucked it up. This feels like in 25 years, we're going to get the really, really good version of the creator. I am so shocked. It's just like everything you're saying, every, the (laughs) potential, everything is there. And it just, someone's going to come along and do it right because they didn't on this. Interesting. I don't know. I didn't see all these flaws that you're pointing out. I'll be honest. I'm not saying it was a masterpiece. I'm not saying it was a perfect movie, but I I don't know. I didn't feel like it was overly expedition dumped. I do think it was a little long. It felt a little long at parts. Some of the pacing was bad at times, I must admit. But from a grander picture of the whole film itself, I don't know, man. I thought there was a compelling story. Maybe not even the story they were telling directly with the main character, but almost the story behind the story is I think what I love so much about this movie. And I loved it. They're not the first ones to do it. I'm not going to say they freaking reinvented the wheel by doing this or they revolutionized. It was like a double turn in wrestling. Like you start the movie team America. Yeah. yeah. Fuck the AI. Let's and go get them. Slowly you freaking turn. And like the inklings are there throughout, like, you know, them freaking going to the village, just guns a blazing with a yeah. dog and everything. It's like slowly throughout the movie, it turns from, you with the audience almost turning with the main character. Like it's almost like you're kind of following his thought process of like, Oh shit. Oh shit. Oh shit. And then you're at the very end and you're like rooting for the AI. You're like, screw the Americans. Yeah. I thought that's what I really liked in this film. I liked how they did that. The whole, like, uh, like I said, kind of story behind the story of like, what even is humanity? I was thinking some deep things in here, Ty. I was like, shit, our brains are like electrical waves. Like, are we just technically AI? Yeah. Like, what really does make us different? Are we just, like, a really advanced technology? Like a a carbon matter technology? Yeah, we pretty much are. Yeah. And throughout the movie, at the end of the movie, the freaking AIs are more human than the humans. Yeah. We see a scene uh, towards the end, about two-thirds of the way, maybe a little bit more, where the uh, main general commander chick is about to die because there's a bomb on her back, and the, the child who was programmed to love humanity tries saving her. And then the little freaking army dudes were like, no, we got to shoot this bitch. Mm-hmm. And then she was like, all right, well, you're dead now. And it's like even then the humans couldn't realize the errors of their ways. And I don't know, man. I think, yeah, maybe if you take those, those, those story behind the story, like I'm saying, and the underlying things and do some of the technical things a little bit better, yeah, maybe there is something. But I was more focused on that than focused on any, like, little nitpicky stuff. And I was this movie had me thinking. And I'll be honest, this movie had me crying. Gavin was making fun of me. I see. I don't. I don't understand what. Hard. <laughs> I don't understand what happened because I agree with you. With the story behind the story is the thing. I think what they were trying to do and what they like, what the goal of this movie is, and like the shit behind it, a hundred percent. It's incredible. That part of it is so fucking good and like a thought experiment. Like it makes me feel like it's like a fucking anti-Terminator. Like robots, good. 
I've never seen Terminator. I'll be honest. I, Safe space. I've only seen it like once or twice, but I know it's <laughs> like the robots take over and they're bad. Fair. RoboCop. Never seen it. I seen the RoboCop reboot. wasn't very good. <laughs> I think I've seen that one too. Yeah. <laughs> but like, I I don't know. Like, cause I'm with you. Like the whole humanity thing, and like you you care about these people, and it feels like that's his real family, and like the the child actor much better performance than john david washington she's wonderful in this (laughs) and i think that you feel like with her like you understand the story of like that is his child despite the fact that it's a robot despite the fact that it's an ai like that's his kid yeah and he has that connection for it and he's like fuck it i'm gonna sacrifice myself save you we win the war we're done yeah but then just at every point throughout this movie it's just like i don't know man you watch a movie like the original star wars Fucking pretty bad great movie <laughs> people say <laughs> empire strikes back great movie and you look at those and there's a lot of really far out there shit for technology like we're talking about a magical and invi- you know invincible invisible force that moves shit and we got like fucking you know swords that are just like lasers mm-hmm. and people just dig it and it's like i can just sense shit like i just sense shit and it's because it feels so genuine like the way that they do it it's not like it's a Hey, check this out. It's like a, this is what this world is. At every point in this movie, when they ought to explain something about AI, mm-hmm. it feels so forced and it just doesn't feel authentic at all. And so I'm with you. I think the story behind the story is fucking great. And I can't wait for them to do a really good job with this. The actual story is terrible. I don't know what felt forced, Ty. I really don't. It really did at every point, man. So much like I, I was listening to another thing and they were talking about how when he brings the girl to his buddy who's like and uh, has a girlfriend yep. at the shop. Yeah. Like he's like looking at her and all he does is stick a fucking screwdriver in the hole in her head. Mm-hmm. He's like, this is the most advanced technology I've ever seen. I don't even know if it's a screwdriver. I thought it was like a magnifying glass. I don't know. <laughs> I thought it was a screwdriver. It looked like a screwdriver. <laughs> and it's not like he does anything. It's not like he like pulls a chip and like, oh, holy shit. Like, look at all of this. It's just the most like I should be saying that in this situation type line and it's just all of that throughout this whole fucking movie okay and it bums me out because i wanted it to be good look yeah there was some kind of generic tropey vanilla stuff throughout but i don't know if ai was writing this script maybe that explains why 100 percent. no this was i'm i think we're on to something here ai wrote this fucking script <laughs> this is what started the writer's strike and that's the deeper message behind the deeper message behind the deeper message. The real creators, the friends we made along the way. The real creator was AI the whole time. Oh. It's Chris White's. Let's see. Writers, Gareth Edwards. He directed Chris White's. I don't know. I think. No, that's a fucking AI generated person. He's not real. I see a picture of him right now. He's kind of ugly looking. That's the, that's AI made to that face. <laughs> that's the face of AI. That's uh, what is the AI photo one? I don't know. Bad radio. Um, I, I think I, I get what you're saying. And some of the stuff kind of is like, no, duh. You're kind of explaining to the audience. I get that. But I think there was so much in this movie that maybe they felt the need to kind of dumb it down a little bit at some points to kind of. And there is stuff in there, like the whole head scan thing. Like that was obviously intentional so they could set up the thing at the end of the movie. Or, you know, you you. They they do the the not so subtle shot right before the scene where he goes and visits his friend where it's the billboard where it's like donate your likeness you know today yeah is the AI asking yeah. that and that sets up something later so I, I get you there um, 
But I don't know, man. Again, I think I just overlooked some of it with, 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 and there were some like little plot holes. Like why that family helped them out, I have no idea. Like the family that was vacationing or whatever, and then he just kind of carjacks them. Yeah. Um, I don't really understand that. But like, I, I really enjoyed, and I mean, we haven't even got to the scale yet, so I'm kind of jumping ahead. But I really enjoyed the connection between the two main characters. I know you said you didn't like John David Washington. I, I didn't think he delivered an Oscar-winning performance, but I didn't think he was bad. I don't know what you saw here that that he was so bad and just like the little the conversation about heaven and you find out later in the movie that the word she was saying meant heaven in their language like fuck mm-hmm. dude it's just like so deep i don't know man certain parts it made of me it. question my freaking my it gave me a little bit of existential crisis yeah and it made me cry certain parts of it are deep i never even got Started when they're saying to goodbye up. to each other in the little Never spaceship. Even started, and it's because I'm like, wow, look at John David Washington pretending to care. I thought he did a good job. Oh, brother! I don't think he was the best person for this. I think you put like, I don't know, who's a good emotional actor? I'd say Jonathan Majors, but give me Interstellar. Yeah. Put Matthew McConaughey in this role, and that's what I kind of thought. This is not Interstellar, not at all. I thought this was a. I thought this was like, it took parts of Interstellar that I liked. Again, it's not Interstellar. I'm not saying it's Interstellar, Ty, so don't say that. I thought it took some parts of Interstellar I liked. Are you saying that it's Interstellar? I thought it took some parts of like Avatar that I liked and like the world building of Avatar. Now you, and like, I get what you're saying. Like there is a lot of potential in this and maybe it could be a fucking 97 if it's done the perfect, perfect way. But I still think the way we got was pretty good. And maybe in the future, if we get James Cameron running the visuals and we get freaking uh, if we get James Cameron and uh, Christopher Nolan teaming up and remaking this movie, it might be the best movie ever made. I agree. I, I But I still appreciated, again, it's, it's the driving force for me is the way it made me th- think and feel. Because, look, we do a lot of movies, okay? Lots of movies. And there's a lot of movies, and I fricked up my scale, so I can't go in chronological order. I'm really upset about it. Being tired, talking about it for the podcast. Full crisis before we started going there's not a lot like we watch a lot of movies that like don't make you think dumb money wasn't making me like think um made me think that i hate rich people well yes like there's things you think about but like a movie like again not saying it's oppenheimer a movie about oppenheimer makes you think about the existential crisis this man had of he created this like world killing machine and kept me up at night a few nights after watching it and fablemans i'm now i'm just going based off like my top scores (laughs) fablemans like it makes you think about like the family dynamics and going after a dream and like what you sacrifice for those things and and like there's just movies that make you think sometimes and make you feel a certain way and that's kind of where I came away after this film and I think that's why I liked it so much and maybe I inflated some of the categories as a result maybe the parts aren't as good as the whole but I really did like the whole tie so that being said I'm jumping in plot slash story I know we're gonna have a huge difference here because I gave it a 17 <laughs> yeah that's very high <laughs> <laughs> and I think for me, separating this category is the story behind the story and the story that's put in front of my face. The story and the plot? Yes. <laughs> but. <laughs> for lack of better terms? Yes, but that's one category for us on this. Because yeah. I think one scores very well, and I think the other scores very poorly. I would disagree personally, but everyone, this is subjective movie ranking skill. I just don't think that the actual script is that good, and it feels kind of jumpy, and it's not paced well. And it's too long, but the messaging and what they're trying to achieve is fucking great. It's really good. I'm with you. I'm with you on that. Existential crisis kind of shit. 
Mm-hmm. I think that I don't connect to these characters as well, so I don't have that emotional moment and, and that stuff like you. But I ended on a thirteen. I'm a, it's above average. Okay, I I respect that. I think the story behind the story is like in fucking nineteen twenty. I think if you put the make the plot better, it could be so good. Because I don't think this is the worst movie ever made. I think it's one of my biggest disappointments that I've seen in a long time. Where I was just like, wow, this could have been a fucking masterclass. Everything, Everywhere, All at Once, Pinocchio, Guillermo del Toro's version. Just naming other movies that we reviewed that have, that make you think. Yeah, Marcel the Shell made me think a little. A Inception bit. makes you think because it's confusing. Actually, Tangent. Inception is the most not confusing, confusing no. movie ever. It's so fake. It's such a fake, confusing it's not that confusing. Like, oh, what's going on? Like, it's so obvious what's going on. Just pay attention to the movie. Now, Tenet, I haven't seen Tenet. I heard that's actually a little confusing. It hurts. <laughs> it really... I think it's because, like, they explain it, and what they explain makes sense, but then you think about it, and you're like... Is that, that make sense? That doesn't make sense at all. But then, like, you keep thinking about it, and you're like, well, maybe. <laughs> Speaking of, uh, while we're on our small Christopher Nolan tangent, there no, was... I th- I th- hold on, I figured it out. Dumb people and really smart people get Tenet. Everyone else doesn't. Mm. So which one are you? Oh, you're just in between. Did you get it? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm somewhere lost in between being in between. Small. While we're on our small uh, Christopher Nolan tangent, who he might become. I haven't John even seen Washington. all his work. In Tenet. Oh, how's he in that? Better. <laughs> I haven't seen all his work, so I need to go back and watch. But everything I have seen of his, I've loved. There was rumors. Did you see this? That they want him to direct two James Bond's movies. Christopher Nolan? Yeah. He'd be great at Tell that. me that wouldn't be fucking That'd amazing. Be wonderful. Freaking uh, uh, all uh, practical James Bond and the stuff he would do with yeah. that. I think what they need to do if you get Christopher Nolan doing James Bond, I think you get him a really bitchin' car. He always has cool cars mm-hmm. like Jaguars and shit. Yeah. I think this time we kind of give him like a tank. Oh. I'm talking like military type vehicle. <laughs> I think it doesn't take place in Europe. I think it takes place in New York City. Okay. But a fake New York City. We can make up a name, hypothetically, Gotham. Okay. <laughs> I think his black tuxedo gets switched out for, like, a superhero suit. Okay. And then I think it could be very good. <laughs> Did you see Martin Scorsese was, like, trying to talk about we need to fight at back against superhero directors and then, like, said, like, great directors, like Christopher Nolan. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, he directed three superhero Greatest movies. Greatest fucking comic book trilogy of all time. Like, that's the go-to for comic book movies. While you were going on your tangent about <laughs> how it could be Dark Knight, yeah. I, w- I was thinking of another thing. I think there's real potential that you could the government could trick Christopher Nolan. You get Christopher Nolan, you get like Jared Leto, one of those like method actors who just commits. Mm-hmm. And you could probably get them to fight a proxy war for you and think they're making a movie. You know what I mean? Like, hey, we gotta film Safe this space? movie. Huh? Safe space? Yeah. What's proxy war? A uh, proxy war is what we're doing in Ukraine right now. <laughs> where the government funds... I don't I don't really keep up on that shit either <laughs> anymore, Jay. It's pretty much a war you fight with someone else somewhere. It's what America's great at. It's a war you fight against another country, but not in your, your, you know. Oh, we wrote the playbook on that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. We're the John Madden of proxy wars. <laughs> so I think you could talk him into like, hey, we need you to uh, film this movie. You're going to go, you know, I'm not going to say Ukraine, but we're, you're going to go into this Russian providence. And it's just a movie about, you know, uh, an uber patriotic guy. We already got Jared Leto lined up. He's got to go in. And he's got to infiltrate this base, and he's got to uh, kill Vladimir Putin. And, he, you know, and we got our stand-in. It's not a real Vladimir Putin. Uh, it's just a doll, so you can actually use, you know, real ammunition. Hmm. And you could probably trick both of them into, like, doing something serious. Like, actually. Yeah. Like, the interview, but, like, actually happening. Yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, I don't I don't know. I don't think we've ever actually 
um, not assaulted. What's it called? Assassinated anyone on a movie? Should Christopher Nolan do a movie about SEAL Team Six? Oh, would that be good? No. How has there not been like a good SEAL Team Six movie? Mm, I think there has been. Is it good? I don't know. I'm not like a big like. Oh, let's watch. Instead, we just get that movies. dumb Robert Pattinson movie where like the random ending was he was in the Twin Towers on 9/11. <laughs> Remember me like, or whatever that movie look, was called. Man, people shit on that ending. <laughs> When I watched that movie for the first time, I was blown the fuck away. It was like, so pointless. It's so unexpected. But 9-11 was also so unexpected. So it's just like the most realistic ending you could have. Like, no one saw 9-11 coming. Oh, that, that ending does get shit on. Just the most unnecessary shock factor ending unrelated. in the history of cinema. Most unrelated cinema. thing ever. And then yeah. it's just like, boom. Twin Towers. Oh, that'd be a good uh, draft for us is like unrelated movie plots. But that would be I feel like the the creme de la creme is that it's just anytime Nazis are thrown into a story. Yeah. Like Red Notice or just it's yeah. like anytime you're like doing a treasure hunt movie, Nazis have to be involved in some Almost way. Every single time. It <laughs> all goes back to Adolf Hitler. Key elements. We're going to differ here as well, Ty. I just know it. Um, and I'm not going to back down from my score. I thought about it. I wanted to back down. I'm not going to back down. I liked the world building in this. Like you said, I think there's real potential here. Um, like you said, maybe if they redo it, maybe if this was a series, six part, one hour series, you think there could have been, it could have been done better. Change the writer and lead actor. Yeah. <laughs> John Boyega as the lead actor. Oh, he might be really fucking good on that. I like the world building in the sci-fi. I thought the, the small times they were trying to be funny actually worked when they did the translation and the, the um the new asia is what they call the area the new asia lady they translated and said you can go love your mother and love yourself um <laughs> you know what that was that was meant to mean yeah. it was pretty funny it was great had to explain it to gavin oh um makes sense I, I don't know if he knows what making love is but that's that's an aside um and i thought uh the action could have used a little bit more but i don't know if this is a movie that's like really honing in on action it's more just like gunfights if anything so i don't even i don't even need the action in this movie there's plenty of it i don't even need it and I thought this was a, a good world-building sci-fi movie. I gave it an 18 out of 20. Okay. And the emotion hit me. Okay. Yep. You're not going to have to defend anything. Oh! It's great world-building. Okay. It's it's the sci-fi part of it. Like, that kind of works for me. Like, I like the, the overall theme of it and the sci-fi part of it. I mean, this is a sci-fi, let's see here, action-adventure-drama. Well, I, d- I don't agree with those because then my score would drop. But <laughs> um, sci-fi action. There we go. Rotten mm-hmm. Tomatoes. I like the sci-fi part of that. The fucking floating laser in the sky that it's just like, oh, fuck, they found us. And then it's just like a fucking. It's a Death Star. It is. It's yeah. a Death Star in low orbit instead of being another planet. Although early in the movie, I will say, if I'm picking nits here, it looked pretty close to the ground. And then in the end sequence, it's like in low orbit. thought that was a little. Uh, What's the word? They just kept building it over those five years. See? Now you're defending the movie. Thank you. I was just setting you up to do that. I don't know. I like the sci-fi <laughs> part of it. I like that. Like the lasers and the robots and the, the you know, you have the United States like, fuck the robots. And like they got nuked and they're recovering. And all the robots who are like, hey, man, we're just trying to live. Accident. Human yeah. error. Human error. Programming code. Oh, uh, no. 
so fucking stupid. You don't think someone would like double and triple check and be like, ah, shit. I think that one's on us, guys. No, because this country made up stuff about Vietnam so we can go invade Vietnam. (laughs) So, no, I don't think the government would be like, oh, I don't think America is ever going to say, hand up, are bad. (laughs) I don't think that's ever happening. I don't think they do that. They just blame like, hey, we hired some dude from Germany to fucking write the code. I don't know. They they blame Snowden? Yeah, they do. (laughs) They just find a good scapegoat. America's great at finding scapegoats. Yes. And I just, like, I... I don't know. Because then it's like, we're going to fucking die. Like, they're going to fucking kill all of us. Yeah. They're never actually a threat, but they believe that they're a threat. Like, they yep. have no fucking clue that it was their fuck up. There's even some deeper, like, war stuff, and if you think about it. Like? Well, I don't want to get too deep into, like, political stuff, but, you know, like, like we, you know, the stuff happened, the, the, the attacks on the Twin Towers, and then we launched a whole ass invasion into the Middle East mm-hmm. because of one group with extreme beliefs mm-hmm. and occupied an entire country because we believed and it was told to us and it was fed to us that everyone in that region was dangerous mm-hmm. when in reality it's like obviously there are dangerous people in that region but does that mean we had the right to go invade an entire country and do this that, and another i don't know i've said this that or another like four times in this podcast right. yeah so i think there is you know there maybe is some deeper stuff there too kind of like avatar they're mining the world for resources and Fucking it's like colonizers. Yeah. Amongst other things, yeah. I'm I'm at a 17 out of 20 for key elements. Okay. The sci-fi works for me. That's what that is my favorite part of this movie is the sci-fi and and the fucking world building and No, that's not your favorite part. Big Sky Laser. That's not your favorite part. I'm sorry, it's just not. It's the title cards. <laughs> I didn't realize it. <laughs> You're absolutely right. I fucking love title cards. Those title cards are dual language title cards as well. I don't know what it is. I don't know. Like, is this a Japanese, Asian, whatever made movie? No chance when the director is Gareth Edwards. I think maybe those were supposed to be. See, I don't know if that was like a real Asian um, language or if that was supposed to be like the new Asia language and they kind of just made it up. Um, I have no idea. So fucking good on a movie, though. It looked cool. It, It really does. Like so that carry that over to the remake. So maybe split those up into six one-hour episodes, and each title card is a an episode. We had what the 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 creator, the mother, the child. I think there was a first one too. What was the first one? I thought it was the I creator. I thought that was the second one. Second one was the child. So I guess there was just an intro, and then there was the creator title card. The friend, the friend was in there, right? The friend, maybe. Yeah, because when they became friends, I don't remember. I know you appreciate him. Every time they came on, I was like, Tyler loves this. I do love him. You're right. <laughs> he loves a freaking title card. Um, visual cinematography. I thought it could have been a little bit better. Maybe if I see it on IMAX, it is a little bit better. Why I don't understand. It? Like, when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We're just fully opposite on this fucking movie. I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just saying it wasn't Oppenheimer, okay? Let me finish my thought, Tyler. <laughs> I thought the world building was great. Uh, I thought everything looked realistic enough. I thought, like, the AI human faces could have looked really, really bad if you did it the wrong yeah. way. Um, but Only, I, only I, a couple of scenes where they looked a little rubbery. I thought it looked good for the most part. I do think there is an extra tier that this movie doesn't quite reach. Um, maybe it's because I knew during the movie Hans Zimmer did the score and maybe the score could have been a little bit more epic. Maybe there could have been a little bit more. There was personality and there was uh, the, the artistic vision. So I don't want to say it didn't have all of that, but you could have maybe had a little bit more. Um, but again, I just think there's an extra tier you get to when you get to 18, 19 and 20. So I'm going to, and I've been trying to be better about just giving any movie that looks good, a really, really high score. This is still a great score. I gave it a 17 out of 20. Mm. I'm at an 18 out of 20. Okay. I think it looks incredible. I think that some of the, the visual effects with the robots are very small points. I'm like, eh, it doesn't look great. I don't love the action choreography on a couple of the scenes. Okay. The big sweeping shots of that fucking sky laser, though. The Nomad? The, is that what it was called? Yeah. I can't remember. The Nomad. The Nomad. Or when he's up there, like, blowing up the bombs and, like, trying to, like, you know, do all that spacey space type shit mm-hmm. looks so fucking good in scale. Like it's just this gigantic set piece that yep. looks incredible. And it makes you feel small watching it. You feel tiny and, and inconsequential. Yeah. That's what a great movie like this does. I think some of the action choreography and some of the camera work could have been a little bit better. Maybe I should have gave it a 17. Cause I'm also low on the score with you. Uh, Hans Zimmer phoned this one in. Yeah. I think he used AI. <laughs> yeah, fair. Um, no, I, I'm i dropping it to a 17. I'm with you. It looks fucking great, though. Like, the big shots, that's what he gets right. And yep. that's, I mean, Rogue One has awesome, really big scale shots as well. Yeah. So that, that makes complete sense. That's on the director. And he does a very good job at that. Don't fucking try and write your movie, though, dude. My favorite scene of this, um, just from a stylistic standpoint, are pretty cool. And I'm sure other movies have done it. But when they are in the pod saying goodbye and the pod shoots off and you get like the first person shot of his face. You're like, you, you see his face close up and then the pod just shoots off and it's like, you're seeing it through her eyes and you just see the spaceship get smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. I liked it. Pretty cool. I don't know how they do that, but probably just no. all CGI. Yeah. It's gotta be a lot of work behind the computer. But well, that also, I wanted to bring up the fact this movie, big budget, little budget, medium budget. Is that what you're going? $80 million. They've made a lot worse movies, like looking movies, for a lot more money. $80 million is what I saw earlier. I it's can't find it. It's $80 million. I got it on Wikipedia. Yeah. $80 million, and I just want to reiterate, let me get this pulled up here, $225 million to make She-Hulk. <laughs> 225 to make one of the worst looking CGI things in the past. That movie... 
didn't he, or that show didn't even have like it didn't have Loki where they were in the freaking TVA and they had to do all no. that creative stuff. They're in fucking like office Los building. Angeles. <laughs> yeah. All it was was just like, hey, make this chick look green and not fake. What? Where did that budget go? If there was ever a time where studios were laundering money, it was She-Hulk. I would love to do a deep dive on She-Hulk's budget. That feels like a book. Like, I could write a book about it. I think all of the Marvel shows are money laundering at this point. Every last one of them. All the visual effects people were saying how, like, horribly overworked they were and underpaid and everything. So where did that $225 million go? You didn't have an A-list star in the show. Did Mark Ruffalo pull in 100 mil for this? Secret Invasion, which had, like, a dog shit looking finale scene. $211 million. And you can make this movie look this good with like half the fucking cast all being AI fucking robots and like walking robots or humans with holes in their fucking head because they're robots and a sky laser machine for 80. You could have made three creators for the amount of money that you make one of these Disney plus series for. Yeah. Um, I like your, I think you're subconsciously doing this. You're bashing Marvel and you're not whispering, whispering, but you did bring your voice down a little bit. Almost like they're it's listening. It's hard saying it out loud. <laughs> Maybe like all the Marvel execs, all their, uh, their budget gets like, like their salaries get thrown in the budget. I mean, Kevin Feige does have a net worth of $250 million. So <laughs> that's gotta be something to do with it. Uh, his annual income is reported to be approximately 20 million. <sighs> I don't know. I don't know. Look, Kevin Feige's done a lot of great things. And I don't want to shit on what he's done. I actually don't know what he did before he became the head of Marvel. He worked at Marvel. He's been with Marvel since, like, the early X-Men movies and shit. Uh, what about in, like, a comic book sense, do you know? He was hired by Marvel, a producer, 2000. Yeah. So he worked his way up. There's a lot of stuff in producing that you and I couldn't do. I get that. Maybe we could with this, with, uh... You know, with uh, experience, I think we definitely could. But since Endgame, I think you and I could have done a better job. I'll be honest. I'm just, I'm maybe this is the the you saying you could land a plane if the pilot went down, which I totally disagree with. There's no way you can land a plane. Hundred percent, I can. I think we could uh, do something special if we were in charge of Marvel. I'll say it. I think you give me another COVID where shit gets shut down, and I got time to just fucking brainstorm. Put a team together. That's what everyone said, and then COVID hit, and we didn't do any of it. <laughs> no, 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 but I'm saying, like, like no Marvel movies are coming out. It's not like we get hired day one, and we have to make something. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's we get hired, shut down. Got it. Produce stuff. Get stuff ready. Mm-hmm. And we can get team together people. Yeah. I'm with it. I could land a plane better than Kevin Feige for Marvel. We should make stuff. Now, with that being said, Loki comes out tonight. Maybe incredible. I don't know. It actually, I looked it up while we were recording. Uh, it says it comes out tomorrow, the fifth, and that's like tomorrow night, the fifth. Like it's not a midnight. It's going to come out six p.m. on the fifth. What comes out today? Something comes out today. Haunted Mansion on Disney Plus. No, no. There's a show coming out today. Amazing Race airs on Wednesdays. I know. You're I, probably I'm going to be honest Amazing with you. Race. I may. I might have just been thinking of Survivor. <sighs> Fucking 90 Survivor. minute episodes. How do you feel about 90 minute Survivor episodes? Um, I'm going to be honest. If we're in a safe space, Survivor is like my favorite reality show. Yeah. The first episode, I've never been more mad at a show because they just put a bunch of fucking idiots together who are terrible. And then they go to tribal council and they're supposed to vote like two people off spoilers for the first Survivor episode. Usually we don't spoil TV. And they bring them together and like they've got to vote somebody off. 
and there's like three worthy candidates of who should be voted off of this tribe. And then this other chick's just like, yeah, I'm hungry. I want to go home. And they're like, well, we think you're like a better fit for the tribe. You should stay. And she was like, if you don't vote for me, I'm still quitting. <laughs> and that's how the first episode ends. And it really fucking rubbed my rubbed me wrong. I hated it. I could never get in a survivor. So I good. tried. I just. It's wonderful. Couldn't get into it. Challenges are so much better. The drama's better. Everyone's hungry, starving. I'm not comparing it to anything. I don't know why you got to just try to shit on something I love to make your point. What did I just say? You're you were making a point about Amazing Race. What did I do? You I, said the challenges were better. Better than what? I said the challenges are were better. No, you said they were better. You said there's more drama. Better than you would think. <laughs> it's really okay. good. Got it. Char- more drama than you were expecting. <laughs> Characters. Maybe there's some drama in this category. I didn't give it a super high score. Look, I'm defending uh, John David Booth Washington, uh, whatever his name is. Are you thinking of John Wilkes Booth? John Wilkes Booth. John David Washington. I defended him. I don't think he was amazing. I don't think this was an, o- an Oscar-winning performance. I thought he was good enough. I thought he gave me a C plus, and that's all I needed out of him. I thought the 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 uh, child actress, uh, Madeline Una Voiles, I believe is how you say that name. I think you know that. I thought she was great. Alfie. Wonderful. The emotion, like in like she's playing supposed to be like this AI robot that's almost coming before becoming more human as the movie goes along. Yeah. Like way over quality, like just wow. I was expecting you about two hundred, you batted three ten. I don't know. Like I was blown away by that. Um I thought everyone else was kind of like fine. I thought it was placeholder. I thought there was like a lot of kind of tropey roles that maybe you could have like replaced people with. Like it's kinda like, oh, you get John Boyega as the lead, and you get this guy as the army major, and this girl as this, and uh, Colonel Howell is Al, uh, Allison Janey. Allison Janey. I feel like there's a uh, an actress who would kill in that, but her, I can't think of her name right now. So it was a lot of, like, I don't know, B-minus actors and performances. I thought the lead was fine. I don't think he was amazing. But I was really blown away by the performance of the Alfie character. I gave it a 13 out of 20, Ty. John David Washington stunk. I don't think he stunk. He was so bad. And watching this movie, there's a couple of points where he's talking like Denzel Washington. Okay. That's his dad. Oh, really? I didn't know that. Yeah, I looked it up afterwards. because like, he kind of sounds like Denzel. And then all I could think of is how much better of an actor Denzel Washington is. And I got way more emotion out of the Equalizer than I did throughout <laughs> this entire fucking movie. <laughs> the entire thing. And honestly, I was thinking, like, could you just make this with Denzel? <laughs> Like, is there an age limit? Like, what if what if his wife got murdered 15 years ago? What if John David Washington starts the movie, and then as soon as the time jump happens, we get Denzel for the rest of it? I think that brings it up significantly. John David Washington is the lead in Black Klansman, a movie that's gotten... Very good. He's very good in that. I haven't seen it. That's on a must. That's a must watch that's, for me as well. It's got um fucking new Star Wars guy in it. Corey... Uh, uh, what the... Adam Driver. Fuck yeah, Adam Driver. Got him in it. It's got Topher Grace. Topher Grace as a, I believe he's the clan leader. Very racist role. But he's a good asshole, though. Very good movie. Is that the one where he pretends, he's like calling him, he's pretending to be like he wants to join the KKK? He like works for the FBI? I don't know. We don't yeah. need to go on a black Klansman rant. What was so bad about John David Washington, Ty? I don't just. Again, I don't think he had a great performance. I thought he was fine. I thought he was mid. And but I was okay with thing. it. Is I think he was mid, and this movie was asking so much of him to have these emotional moments, and like, it's not an action movie. It's not like you want to connect to these characters, and he just is just fucking 
bland as can be throughout the entire thing. And it's like, I think Alfie, when you have a young child just fucking acting circles around her adult counterpart the entire film, (laughs) that's such a bad look. It looks terrible because you're right. She did do very well, and she entirely holds up this this score for me because John David Washington's terrible. Gemma Chan, barely fucking in it because I like her, but she's barely in it. Allison Janney, terrible. Just the most stereotypical army... She's the one who says hack hack stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Go go to town hacking. I don't know. <laughs> Terrible. Um, Ken Watanabe, who's like the AI. I don't know. He's on the AI team. Yeah, he's, he's their buddy. Yeah, I his like brother. Him. Is he? The- well, he called him brother, not oh, okay. real brothers. Yeah, not real brother. Yeah. Um, I like he's, him. He's a computer after all. I like him and stuff. Also, an inception. I don't know. I didn't think he was that bad. John David Washington, also in Amsterdam, a movie we reviewed this year, and uh, I think maybe we, last year. And I think we said that that was just a very mediocre performance. I don't remember what we gave Amsterdam. I just remember it was kind of a letdown. We gave characters an eight. We gave Key Elements a three. Oh, we, me. I gave characters a seven in Amsterdam. Amsterdam got a 42 for me. You gave so. it a 44. And I think that was a lot with the that bad was a star study cast too. Yeah, and it just stunk. I forgot how bad that movie was, and I was just clicking through his IMDb, and I was like, I, I knew I watched it, but I was like, damn, Christian Bale, Margot Robbie, John David Washington, <laughs> you got Chris excited Rock. again. You tricked yourself <laughs> yeah. again. Even Taylor Swift's in it. Yeah. Like, gets ran over by a car. Yeah, Zoe Saldana. Yeah, that's a, that's another draft. Maybe movies with like. The most star-studded cast that sucked. The most wasted cast. The the worst ensemble casts. Like, the worst but good like, ensemble cast. Yeah, the worst. I don't know how to word that. But the cast that has the most potential, but then just fucking stinks. That'd you're, be good. That'd you're be the good. ensemble cast expert, so. Oh, I could I could come out swinging with that. <laughs> um, I finished with a score of... We're going to go seven. I gave it a wow. seven for characters. I was at eight. I'm dropping it down. There's just no connection. None of the side characters I really care about. I don't care about Gemma Chan as the fucking creator, as the mother. The only person I care about in this movie is Alfie. And we'll again, make another movie. Call it Alfie. Sure. Do it. 15 years. Give it 10 to 15. Remake it. Christopher Nolan's last hurrah. Mm. I don't want that to be his last hurrah. That means he only got like five more movies in him. How old is he? I don't know, but he makes like one every three years. I think I said this on the pod. Did I make the declaration on the pod that I will see every Christopher Nolan movie in IMAX from here on out? Because if yeah, I haven't I mean, made that it sounds declaration. Like no, it yeah. sounds like something. You I want to make that declaration. It makes sense. It's all he makes is IMAX worthy movies. And they should show old Christopher Nolan IMAX movies like just at. Call I, it Nolan November or something. Look, I watched Interstellar right before Oppenheimer. I would pay good, good money to go watch that on a big, big fucking screen. I'd pay the $15, $20 ticket price, whatever IMAX costs to go see that, even though I've already seen it. Yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying. I, I think I would I would cap out at probably like 30 <laughs> but I think I'd pay 30 for a ticket to see Interstellar and IMAX. <sighs> I'm so glad we saw Oppenheimer in the 70mm IMAX. I'm so glad we did it. Beautiful. Enjoyment. Look, this movie made me cry. It made me laugh a little. It didn't, it didn't quite do the laugh a lot, cry a lot, like I always love to say. But this movie made me think, man. And it made me question humanity. Like I said, it made me question, are we just really carbon-based robots? Like you said, I didn't think of the carbon-based line, yeah. but that's a great line by you. Thank you. Uh, I thought about it this morning. I, I feel like I appreciated life a little bit more. I know this is corny as hell, but like I came home. I was like, I was a little skipper, you know, kiss Riley on the forehead. Just, just appreciating life and the connections we make 
connection with you, Ty. Mm-hmm. And movies like this remind me of that. Remind me that I'm human and how special it is to be human and to never lose sense of that humanity like the characters mm-hmm. the USA did in this film. Mm-hmm. I really like this movie. I'm probably going to watch it again. I know there's you, there's some smaller things you could pick apart. And yes, it could have been better. I get all that. But I just, I don't know. This movie holds a special place in my heart. I gave it an 18 out of 20 for That's enjoyment. such a fucking high score. I really liked it. And I def- like I liked it more than TMNT. I liked it more than Creed 3. I liked it more than Puss in Boots. I liked it the same as Air, the same as Barbie. Oppenheimer, Damn. I gave an 18. Wish I could go back and give that higher, but I'm not going to do it. An 18 enjoyment? Yeah, I might give it a 19. Now. I also gave it an 18 enjoyment. It's the only thing I didn't give a 20. That's right. That's right. I hit you with four 20s and then dropped it to an 18. That's right. No, I'll stick with my 18. But 18 on this as well, obviously. I, I'm i glad you, you left the theater enjoying life more on this. I left the theater. I will say this made me love my family. And like, damn, I love being around my family, my wife, my mm-hmm. incredible son. Yep. Because I was like, fuck, I could have spent these two hours with them instead of watching this disappointment. <laughs> oh, my God. I was just so disappointed by what I got out of this movie. Yeah, and I could have saw your son tonight too, but the whatever. wasted potential. I I don't look going in. I'm so excited for it and watching it. Like I I I see what they wanted to do. They just didn't fucking do it, and so I enjoy what they wanted to do, but I don't enjoy what they did. You know what? I think this movie hits you hits a a certain chord for you so deep. This movie reminds you of the Los Angeles Angels. Not at all. No. I think it, it it was you liked you saw the vision what they were trying to do. You liked the idea of what they were trying to do, and yet they just still disappointed in the very end. I'll be honest here. Recently, I've been I've been on TikTok a lot. New video game came out, Starfield, mm-hmm. where it's yeah. like you know space adventures, ship shit. You know, yeah. Only on Xbox. Can't have it on PlayStation. Breaks my heart. I saw this movie and I was like, this is so fucking cool. We're in outer space. It's future robots. Gave me that vibe. And I was like, all the creativity and like shit I was thinking for the other movie or for the game. Yeah. It's like, that could be fucking how cool this is. Just stunk. It just stunk compared to that. That made me think this was a point I wanted to make in the podcast. And I'm glad you brought up Starfield because it reminded me this game was is or this movie is the perfect PS2 movie game. Oh my God. That game goes so fucking hard. <laughs> Doesn't it? Like it, it gets, it explores it a little bit deeper. You get a little bit more action. Like you get another side character who's an AI that you got to go like fucking stop that camp or rescue somebody yeah this movie game the creator on ps2 is such a good game yeah no it's an all-time classic it's one that people look back on i was telling gab about how like all the games we played when we were like what eight to ten or whatever were all just like based off movies and tv shows and he's like really i was like yeah oh yeah brother they were all pretty much the same it was just different properties yep just like the king kong game we played that one time Yep. Just it was stuff like that. So Just this would have been the King Kong? a home run movie video game. Movie goes. The video game probably would have been better than the movie oh, for a lot of people, but not me. A hundred percent would have. <laughs> I would have left the theater drop straight to fucking GameStop. Hollywood video. Yeah. Go rent it. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Um look, I, I honestly I could be a lot lower with this enjoyment score, but I did enjoy I don't know. I don't know how to explain I enjoyed what it could be, okay. which I don't know if I should be giving it credit for that, but I did. Okay. I gave it a 12. Okay. I could be a lot lower, but I enjoyed what I enjoyed what it kind of inspired in me. Not like I'm ever going to do anything about it, but like one day there could be a cool sci-fi movie like this. Maybe this is what lights the fire in you and you, you do a better version of this, Ty, and now your movie 
you hit it big in the big time in movies and just drag me along with you, please. That'd be incredible. No, I'm Can I be you. your Rob Schneider? I'm bringing you. <laughs> You're my fucking David Spade, my Rob Schneider. <laughs> now his family. Now I could be your... My daughter, yeah. my wife, my <laughs> yeah. other daughter. Damn it. Why can't we be friends with an Adam Sandler? I don't know. Our friends suck, I guess. We could act better than freaking Rob Schneider. Oh, yeah. Write better than him, too. No, Rob Schneider's useless. <laughs> I hate that guy so much. <laughs> I fucking hate him. What was your final score? I ended with final score significantly lower than yours. I am at a 66 out of 100. Hey, so that's within the lines for you still. So you it would is. still give this a fresh score. It is. I'm disappointed in it, but I, I, they did so many of the overall things very well. Okay, fair enough. I'm trying to look real quick at a certain movie to make sure that you didn't do what I think you did. I did. No, I didn't do it. I mean, I already know what you're doing. I definitely did it. I can't. You gave this a lower score than the fucking Tomorrow War. I got three points. Four points. I had to do 70 for Tomorrow War. 70. Yeah. Which I gave a 36. <laughs> yeah. Our biggest disagreement ever. Yeah. No, 100%. Uh, I think the Tomorrow War isn't trying to be this emotional connection thing. I think it knows what it is and it's having fun with it. Where this is trying to be art. And it just fucking stinks at the, the artsy part of art. I gave it my sixth, eighth highest score for a podcast we've done in 2023. But the sixth highest score for a 2023 movie. Because we did Puss in Boots and Fableman this year, and they came out in 2022. Hmm. An 83 out of 100 tie. It's my sixth favorite movie of the year. What can I say? 83 is not as high as I thought you were going on this. The character score holds it down. You get John Boyega in that lead role, and I'm John flirting Boyega. with 90s. That's such a good call. I'm flirting with 90s. And I haven't even seen like some of John Boyega's more like revered work. He's just a good you, actor. You could just tell, though, yeah. And this is a, it would be like a double kind of a revenge tour because he kind of hates star wars and then he's doing a, a thing with the rogue one director yeah. maybe he's a little bit pissed like damn why did i get cast in that yeah. instead of this this shit trilogy and then he's like i'm 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 in i'm hitting home run here completely unrelated from disney too yeah yeah could have oh. got like an 18 characters and then we're looking at an 88 but no it's it's up there with oppenheimer for me if you could jump <laughs> i think that's all you need <laughs> um so you're saying yeah so john boyega christopher nolan directing locked in so locked in. All right. Incredible fucking film. 83. I still really liked it, and I really liked how it made me feel. I really did. Gives us a combined score of 74 and a half. Half. Making this our 90th movie out of 200 films we've reviewed. 200 today. And we finished with a movie that kind of basically just falls right in the fucking middle. Oh, yeah. 200. We didn't mention that at all on the pod. Not at all. Not until the very end right now, because I just remembered. 200th movie review on the pod. Woo. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Big number. I like the movie it's tied with, though. Oh, my God. That feels... <laughs> it's tied with Dune with an exact 74 and a half out of 100. Yes. That's wild. Yes. And I feel like a it's lot so of... authentic. The, a lot of the issues I had with Dune are similar issues you had with this. Yeah. I mean, I gave Dune higher than you gave this, but I, I also gave this higher than you gave Dune, whatever. Yeah. But the biggest issue, which we still gave a good score, obviously, was like... Really bitching world building. I'm excited to see where this goes. Yeah. But kind of a little boring. And like not... You need more meat on the bones. Yeah. I think the only difference is this movie was like a one-off and Dune was a series. So I wasn't like, man, I'm excited for when they remake this in 15 years. I was just, man, I'm excited for the sequel. Yeah. Excited to see when something actually happens. Yeah. (laughs) I'm not even going to say anything else. That's exactly where it deserves to be tied with Dune. 
90th out of 200 films. I'm going to see Dune 2 and IMAX 2. I'm also uh, declaring that now. I mean, no shit. Oppenheimer opened my eyes because we saw like double, hold on, double feature Dune 1 and 2 back to back. You going? No, no. I can't do that. I would go because the visuals in Dune 1 were fucking awesome. I need to rewatch Dune 1. I mean, I could probably watch a 10 minute YouTube video and it'll tell me everything that happened in the movie. Yeah, for sure. You're good. Uh, Timothy Timothy Chalamet's R.I.P. Our boy. What the fuck's his Wait, name? someone died. Yeah. Oscar Isaac. Oscar Isaac. Oh, I thought you meant one of the actors. Like actually died. No, no, no. Character. Speaking of great looking movies, Aquaman three, Aquaman two looks really good. The visuals in that tie. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> I think I need to see that in IMAX. Shut the fuck up. We haven't talked about this at all, but those I... visuals are so bad. Are we in a safe space? Of course. You haven't seen the trailer. Dune two not coming out. Got pushed back. Got pushed back. Mm-hmm. Taking its place on IMAX is the Marvels. Okay. Is that that's not worth IMAX? It's not worth IMAX. Okay. Good, glad we agree. I think it might be good. The Marvels? Yeah. Why are you safe spacing that? Because like it's based on a Captain Marvel. Are you sexist? Bad movie. Bad movie. Okay. B Miss Marvel. Bad TV show. Okay. And then the side character of a good TV show. Yeah. Has Fair. no reason to be good. Fair. Zero reason whatsoever. Well, one very compelling reason. Fair. But that didn't help it in the first one. I'm Brie, Brie Larson's acting looks really good in this, in the trailers. It does. <laughs> I'm I'm at the point where, look, Marvel may have tricked me again. God damn them. They always do it. I'm the fish that just keeps biting the fucking hook. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm a catch and release fish for Marvel. I'm kind of excited for the Marvels. I feel like no one expects that movie to be good. No one's going to go see it. $275 million budget. I don't I don't know where they're... I don't know. I don't even know if I should just keep getting like pissed off about it. <laughs> it's just so obviously something illegal has happened. <laughs> Bear. <laughs> I, uh, I expect the Marvels to be what I view Blue Beetle and Shazam to be. I think it's going to be middle of the road kind of fun i feel like it has a chance to be way better than those though i think it's 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 slotting right in with you know i don't even know where blue beetle is on our, our score but probably like 74 something along those lines i don't know if it will be as good as this film or these films mm-hmm. and i'm expecting it not to be truthfully but it's giving off the same kind of fun team-up vibe that like a guardians movie gives me. oh no I don't think it'll be that good, but it's given off that same kind of vibe. Blue that Be- same lane. Blue oh, Beetle. We gave a horrible score. Yeah. Why am I misremembering Blue Beetle like it was a good movie? I, I don't know. know. 48. Yeah. I, I guess I'm expecting Captain Marvel, the Marvels to be what I thought Blue Beetle would be, and that's like a movie in like the 72 range. <laughs> <laughs> I gave Blue Beetle 57. I don't know. We'll see. That's still like a month away, Ty. Uh, random AI generated synopsis. You can tell the, the audience what we're watching next week. Look, we did a, ro- a movie about robots. So I had to do a robot synopsis. Told the AI to do a synopsis in the style of a robot. Are you ready for this, Ty? Hit me. <clears throat> Wally! Oh, boy. That's it. That's all he says. <laughs> he doesn't say anything other than Wally. <laughs> <sighs> you said you wanted a challenge. Murder on the Orient Express, final guess. No, Fifty Shades of Grey. Oh, fuck. <laughs> I thought you would guess Wally, and that would be the joke. Like, you guess the movie's Wally, and then it's no. Fifty Shades of Grey. That would have been such a pull if you hit that. 
You would have just lied. No, I swear to God. No. I would have told you. Nah, you would have lied. No way. That would have been such an all-time moment. Yeah, it would have been sick. <laughs> yeah, that was that was your synopsis this week. How was my Wally? Wally. I would have liked Wally to attempt to give me a little bit more. Hand up. I he had also this... says Eva. E. Hand up. Uh, I didn't actually see what ChatGPT would say. Yeah, no, I figured. But this wasn't like a, oh, I forgot to do a thing. Like, I had this planned since yesterday, so it wasn't uh procrastinating. Yeah. It was artistic creation, yeah. artistic uh, vision. Yeah, I was trying to, like, I don't know, be, I thought you maybe you'd laugh a little bit more. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's, I thought you were joking for a minute, but then I was like, fuck, what's he going with here? I don't know. I just did first move and <laughs> took him into my head. Okay, I asked in the style of Wally, write a synopsis of Fifty Shades of Grey. Mm-hmm. I like where ChatGPT went through this. He's not he. Look at me humanizing oh, AI. Oh shit! ChatGPT didn't give a synopsis for the movie Fifty Shades of Grey. This is what it gave. Is it is it Wally and Eva getting fucking bondage <laughs> not, going on? Not quite there. I'm just gonna read it in a normal voice because it's just like a story. Okay. In the distant future, on a desolate, trash-covered Earth, a curious and diligent cleaning robot named Wally. Discovers a dusty and forgotten. Did you almost say named redacted? <laughs> no, I was about to do the Wally voice, but okay. then I remembered I wasn't being yeah. Wally. Yeah. A dusty and forgotten hard drive buried amidst the garbage. Intrigued, Wally decides to plug it in and explore its contents. To his surprise, the hard drive contains an old, worn-out ebook titled Fifty Shades of Grey. No shit. As Wally delves into the pages of the book. He learns about the unconventional and mysterious relationship between Christian Grey, a wealthy and enigmatic businessman, and Anastasia Steele, a young and inexperienced woman. The story takes Wally on an unexpected journey of discovery as he tries to comprehend the complex dynamics, desires, and emotions between the two characters. With his innocence and naive nature... Wally struggles to understand the intricacies <laughs> of their relationship, the peculiar world of BDSM, and the various shades of passion and control that play out in their lives. Along the way, Wally in- Wally's encounters with the book lead to comical misunderstandings and misadventures as he attempts to apply the book's lessons to his own robotic existence. Fifty Shades of Grey becomes Wally's unexpected guide to understanding human emotions, desires, and relationships, all while he continues his tireless mission to clean up the earth and preserve the memories of humanity's past. What the fuck? <laughs> I just, I love the visual of Wally trying to uh, re- recreate some of the things he heard in Fifty Shades of Grey yeah. on himself. Yeah. I like to thank him, like, reading it and eating hot and spicy, and then the cockroach being like, hey, next page. <laughs> so stupid i love you chat gpt what the fuck man it's like a fanfic yeah i don't even and know then eve shows up i don't think i ever in a million years would have thought of the concept of wally <laughs> reading 50 shades of gray and him discovering home human desires i love the line he was confused by the peculiar nature of bdsm yeah <laughs> like a lot of us are wally like, why is he hitting her <laughs> Oh, man. Ty, what are we reviewing next week? Next week, we are reviewing the Amazon Prime Netflix. I don't know. What's it called? Totally Killer. Mm-hmm. Um, which is about a killer. Streaming movie. Streaming. Amazon Prime Video. Amazon Prime Video. There it is. Everyone's got it. Everyone has Amazon Prime. Yep. 
So you have Amazon Prime Video. Yep, so you can watch it. It is a movie. Oh my god, it says it's horror. Directed, but it's comedy horror. It's not real horror. Are you messing with me? It's got Randall Park in it. You think Randall Park's going to be in a fucking scary movie? That's not his lane. He's a comedy guy. Okay. It's got Randall Park. At least it's streaming. And Randall Park is like 12th build. At least it's streaming. So I don't have to be too scared. And it's streaming. It's got other people in it. And it's October. And we were supposed to review a different movie this week. Look, man, Rider Strike. Rider Strike, everything got pushed back, but this movie's getting good reviews. It is. Over an 80% on Rotten Tomatoes. And next week, we're also, we'll be talking about Loki Episode 1. Loki releases this week, talking about what we expect for the series moving forward. Mm-hmm. Might not be an every week thing with uh, the TV show, but this is the most excited we've been for a show probably in a while that the MCU has created. So we're, we'll talk about that. That can kind of be the leading force. Uh, we'll decide if we want to keep talking about it, depending how good the sh- good or not the show is. Yeah. And then we'll also sprinkle in a totally killer review for you as well. Of what movie? Of Totally Killer. Nice. <laughs> Should be fun. I'm excited. Hopefully Marvel uh, uses one of its two good series to continue making good content. Jonathan Majors. He's in this. Still hired. So. Yeah. That's fine. No comment. <laughs> Go watch Totally Killer, Amazon Prime. And then everyone else has Disney Plus. Yeah. There's mm-hmm. no fucking Disney Plus. Mm-hmm. Both of these things are free to watch. Go watch them. Owned by our corporate or- overlords. Yep. Can't wait till the AI is running those companies as well. If it isn't already. Yeah. Fair. In the meantime, be a good friend, everybody. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.